Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the discovery and possible rediscovery of Star Trek's Deep Space Nine. With me today, as always, is Sarah. Hello, everyone. And Peter. Hi, guys. What's up? And I am Ben, and today we watched uh, Season 1, Episode 5, and Season 1, Episode 6. Uh, that would be Babel and Captive Pursuit. First up is Babel, which gives us a sort of classic Trek thing, which is a very weird disease outbreak. Causes weird things to happen. Uh, sort of an interesting one, this disease causes... Uh, well, first we start with, I think, probably something that every IT person can relate to, which is Chief O'Brien being thrown between every single person and never making any of them happy. I think I know a lot of people, friends in IT, and I was like, this is what their life is basically like. Just <laughs> yeah. the one guy who's basically making the entire ship run. Bless his heart. Has no no sleep whatsoever. But uh, if, if O'Brien's uh, overworked trouble isn't enough, he tracks a disease, causes him to have aphasia, which for those who aren't uh, neurologic nerds, means that uh, you, your brain basically gets... Uh, switched around and you're no longer able to basically connect the right word with the right object so you see a window and you might say banana you might see a tree and you might call it a dog and so your brain still works but you're no longer able to communicate properly that section of your brain so it's sort of an interesting idea because as everyone's trying eventually the whole sip gets infected everyone's trying to do their best to keep going, but they all know there's sort of this ticking clock, and there's sort of an interesting way and a nice uh, sort of pace to it, where a certain a character will suddenly start saying babble to go, and you're like, ah, oh, damn. Now they're out of the picture. Now we're only left with these characters who can solve it. So, what'd you guys think of this uh, this episode? Well, as a, uh, a psych nerd, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think um, it's always interesting when we deal with sort of... Um, I don't know, neurological difficulties. Because it's like this, it, it's interesting because this kind of thing does happen to people in real life. And granted, it's not particularly common, but um, it, it, it sort of, you know, gives us an opportunity to, ex opportunity to explore the question of what would happen if a whole bunch of people experienced this thing at the same time. And it's very scary when the ability to communicate has been lost that creates so many problems that we just don't think about uh, too much in our society. Well, yeah, one thing I really liked is they had a nice little touch when, when Julian Bashir gets it. Yes. Looking yeah. at a readout, and they actually changed the readout, and there's a nice little pause moment where you see it's, it's all nonsense words, too. Uh, real words, but obviously in an order that makes no sense to a... a a common rational thinking person mm -hmm. uh, and that was nice it was a nice touch to get sort of in that mindset of that's what it feels like you know that you, your brain is working but you know everything around you is wrong <laughs> and you can't communicate which is terrifying I mean I think that trapped in syndrome is something that scares me there's a great mm -hmm. film called a different mental disorder but there's a film called the the Diamond Bell and the Butterfly, where basically a person is completely mentally sound but cannot move any of his arms or legs. And that's terrifying to me. So I think yeah. any sort of thing where you're trapped inside your brain and you can still make memories and cognitive thought but can't express them in any way mm -hmm. is horrifying. So this episode kind of triggered a lot of uh, uh, scariness in me. Um, but uh, it was more of a personal thing. I don't know if that uh, happened to either of you guys. 
And uh, one more quick nerdy psych thing. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the part of the brain that is affected when aphasia occurs is called Broca's area. And uh, basically, if something bad happens to that part of your brain, uh, what happened in this episode is exactly what happens to you is, um, you know, the aphasia problem. And I'm just, you know, quietly bitter about the fact that they didn't bother to mention Broca's area anywhere in this episode. Thank you, Dr. Bashir, or not. <laughs> but that's just a nerd thing. Everything else seemed to be correct to me. Right. It seemed like they did a, a decent amount of research, which is always what's yeah. nice about Star Trek. Uh, it wasn't just a made-up neurological thing. They had the proper name for it, and they discussed real ways it happens, like strokes and concussions and the like. So Exactly. It was nice to see that element, but you're right. It's not as... Uh, you gotta leave some things a pass, but I understand when you're a nerd about these things. Like, yeah. I, I minored in psychology, so these things are. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. To me. <laughs> I totally understand. Did you enjoy this episode, uh, Peter? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I, 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 like, I liked watching like the especially especially when it really became like a race against time. When 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 it, when it became when it became apparent, it's like okay, because because of the nature of this aphasia because of it being synthetic people will start dying if 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 we if we don't figure out this problem and so and so kind of the the calculated risks that pe that the people start or or, or or even or even at to a degree uncalculated uh that people that people started taking in, in order to solve this problem and find and find a cure to to just to, to save essentially the entire station yeah, one thing I, I really liked is, uh, as, a, as a nerd about these things, I like uh, fascinated by disease. Uh, I appreciate the proper quarantine procedures that were mm -hmm. involved. I appreciated uh, seeing Cisco being so on point again on this episode. Uh, the first sign of any sort of infection. So lock it down. Lock everything down. Uh, Though he didn't really make a fatal mistake when he went to go see his son the second time, and he gave him a kiss on the forehead, I was just like, "Nope, transference of, of, of transference of." of oh, of, he was already of, airborne by that point. He already knew he was infected. That's so. true, but still, I was like, "Don't make contact. That makes it even worse." <laughs> like, 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 now, like now, you're just not caring. <laughs> I mean, and, and I understood. It's like, it's like, like, like you want to be there for your son and like and like showing that affection. But I was like, uh, "Come on, <laughs> don't go near him, please." Uh, and uh, I like, uh, I really enjoyed that our last two people on the ship without it are uh, Odo and Quark, of all people. Our favorite is, uh, frenemies. Favorite frenemies. We get a very yes. nice thing where they have to save the ship together. And uh, and that guy, Quark, and, and that guy who tried to it. escape, too. Uh, that guy who tried to escape. Uh, have either of you guys seen The Big Lebowski? Once in college, and I, I did like it, but I haven't had the chance to watch it again. Uh, yes, he... Anyone who's familiar with the Big Lebowski will recognize him. He's uh, the dude's landlord who puts on a very awkward avant-garde show that the oh, dude has okay. to go to. So that's the guy who played the uh, the captain who just wanted to get away and looked very sad. His makeup made him look like he had very sad eyes the entire yeah. time. He, did he just look wanted sad. to go deliver his stuff. Like on the verge of tears, like, can you please just let me go? Please, just, mm -hmm. just let me go. I, I really enjoyed Quark's razzing of Odo, especially the moment where he's like, Oh, I worked on a freighter for years. I could do these uh, teletransporter. 
And right when Oda's about to go in, like, I've seen it done a bunch of times. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, Bye. That's the same. Energize. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, we got to witness Odo's um, transformation abilities again. He was a trolley in this episode. He was a trolley yes. this episode. Yes, I've been keeping a runny tally. Now we're up to a trolley. That's a new one. <laughs> Does he have to think about making the wheels spin? I was thinking <laughs> that later on. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think of that. Wow. Yeah, you feel like, okay, make my wheels spin and make sure it's... <laughs> when you overthink Odo, maybe it falls apart. Maybe. He just kind of goes for it, just throws himself at it, and it's like, okay, cool, well, we're, we're going to try this now. Yep. I like that the the idea that it was um, a failed plot from years and years ago. I thought that was kind of a neat twist on it, that it wasn't just... Uh, I mean, I guess it also gives it an, uh, an out, so they can go find the guy who was involved with it and right. fixed the problem in the time limit. But it was also nice that it was a clever idea, I thought, to, uh, to make it this failed plot from years and years ago that just sort of happened to decay eventually enough. And now it's just now getting out and everybody involved with it is dead. <laughs> like it's, mm. It puts it in a really interesting spot, I thought. Yeah, it gave it more of a purpose than just your sort of standard random space bug. Uh, that happened a lot on other Star Trek shows. It's like, no, well, I mean, it's it sucks that it's here, but it was here for a reason at one time. Right, and, like, the scars of the Bajoran resistance slash, you know, revolt are still there. Exactly. Which I think is very right. interesting. Like a dormant volcano. Else. Exactly. It's sort of a good, like, metaphor of where, where they're at right now. It's like, oh, it's not over. <laughs> as much as they think it's over, like, these are... These scars are going to keep opening up over and over again for a while, even intentionally or unintentionally like this time. And, uh, yeah, it was just a interesting little episode, I thought. Uh, did you enjoy Kira's kidnapping? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Though I Definitely. found it... Go ahead, Peter. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I, f I found it interesting... That, I mean, and I'm and I'm guessing this is something that ha that has been done in like past shows or or, or even or even shows that came afterwards. I I don't know, um, but but I but I found it interesting that the, the Kira, while on her little ship, was it was able to be like computer focus on this life form. We're gonna just beam him aboard against his will. Do it. Yeah, probably <laughs> breaking several so laws many. in the process. So many. Yeah, it's sort of the, it's like the line about how locks only keep out honest people sort mm -hmm. of the, uh -huh. this, i guess the same thing is true for transporters they yeah. only they only work if everyone agrees to not transport people willy-nilly we need better transport mm -hmm. security is what i'm saying we need to build a wall around beige <laughs> about transporters sorry too easy uh. <laughs> hey I, I i enjoyed this uh enjoyed this episode this like i said maybe a little bit classic one but it was nice to see Quark and Odo sort of move on and, and uh, a little bit more into the scars of Bajor still existing mm -hmm. around and coming back to haunt everyone no real uh, side plots in this episode though which is interesting usually there's at least one other thing going on besides the main storyline in a Star Trek episode and we didn't get one of those this time which I thought was interesting 
I mean, yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess though, when you when you have when you when you have like like a confirmed sixty percent or or whatever or whatever it was of of the entire station infected, which then eventually turns into all when it becomes airborne. It's like there's really not much room for a side plot when very true when 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 everyone's life is literally in danger. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if there was right. a side plot, I, 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 if like if there was a side plot, I'm pretty sure like with like us discussing it now, we'd be we'd be saying that was rather odd for them to have this when it's like everyone's dying, guys. There are, there are more important things to focus on. We also got the uh, Odo line of the season, I think, so far. <laughs> He's an idiot. How do you know? Because Nam's an idiot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Odo's. Tolerance for bullshit is so low. I love mm-hmm. it. It was another demonstration of Odo being, a th- being of Odo being like a very straightforward guy. He's like, I'm not going to beat around the bush for this. <laughs> I don't have so you would have wondered at what point Quark is gets away with stuff. It's like, he infect the entire ship by breaking protocol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think at some yeah. point there'd be repercussions, but I guess he saved the day at the end, so yeah, yeah. the past. And look, side note, this doesn't really have very much to do with the episode, or the, the plot of it, rather, but I'm looking at the Memory Alpha page for this episode right now, and there's just a still of um, of Avery Brooks looking rather surprised, and the caption underneath it, it must be just, you know, like a quote from the show, but it's clearly after he's developed the um, the aphasic reaction, and it just says, Bread, the arrive, seen earlier! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. It's like, what the hell does that mean? He's like, oh, right. The aphasia. Yeah. That's one thing I liked is that, yeah, I forget which character was. Maybe it was Jake or something. Like, you could kind of tell kind of what they were saying because they were saying the same word over and over again. So I like that element of it, that it wasn't just nonsense. They were sort of saying, like, cheese, 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 Britain. Like, you know, they were trying to say, like, one specific thing uh-huh. you tell there was a structure to their thought which I thought was cool like that was a neat little trick that's not yeah. just gobbledygook on like the page even, even with so their infection they were still trying to work it out for like them to for like someone who like an unaffected person to understand right so you gotta love Cork still trying to get money from someone who can't communicate you me oh money money oh me yeah <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to make sure that they're not faking it. It's like, Cork, come on. <laughs> oh, Cork. So we got anything else to say about uh, Babel? No, just, and, and I'm just, I'm just interested, inter- I, I'm just curious, like, if, if Cork is ever going to get around to teaching Odo that game, that, that game, that, about gambling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice I, I, gu- I guess you could say that was, like, a minor, minor subplot. Like a, 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 a kind, of, a kind of a, um, I guess. Yeah, we got like an Odo yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Like kind of a foreshadowing to to, to, to how it was going to be the frenemies of DS9 come, uh, coming together to like to, to like help save like a, a good chunk of the ship from right. a potential exploding um, other like other ship. Definitely, and uh, I like this line. Uh, you don't know how to play? No wonder you're so bored. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, next up on our list is uh, really, a, I thought, a really excellent episode. It's probably my favorite so far. Yes, uh, agreed. Captive Pursuit. In this episode is sort of an O'Brien solo episode, in a sense. Uh, we get our first visitor from the Gamma Quadrant coming through the other side of the wormhole. Seems to be sort of a weird alien, hard to understand, named Tosk. He also seems to be his 
he says his name is Tosk, his purpose is Tosk, his species is Tosk. Uh, so it's not clear. Eventually, though, we learn that Tosk is actually a creature. Very clever, sort of interesting twist. is a creature designed by a group called the Hunters. Uh, basically, is the ultimate prey. He's an intelligent creature who can, never needs to sleep and can store food, I guess, in his body. So I guess he can go for weeks on end without food, assumedly, too. He basically can turn himself invisible, the ultimate prey, and he sort of loves being prey. And uh, it is a sort of interesting clash where obviously we as humans find this kind of gross and horrible, but he is a creature bred solely for this purpose, finds it the most honorable thing to do, to be prey. Yeah, he's proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, what did we think of this very unique sort of episode? I really enjoyed it. I I I like episodes where the sort of where the prime directive, I mean, doesn't c- come into question is not the right way of putting it. But well, I mean, maybe I guess it is because obviously to uh, to Star Trek age humans, this whole idea is really quite barbaric. The idea that an entire race exists just to be hunted and preyed upon and, and stuff is, you know, really quite horrible, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, not their species, not their planet, so therefore not really their business. So what do you do in that kind of situation? I always think that's um, a really interesting topic to discuss in an episode. Right, because when you stretch that prime directive past your own moral compass, that's often where some of the great episodes are, like there's a great TNG episode, which is a different sort of thing, but where they're at a planet that they realize is going to erupt and everyone on the planet is going to die, and they have to decide, well, do we just let everyone die? Because, like, they're part of the Prime Directive, and it's the natural course of this planet for everyone to die, but we just happen to be here right before they go. Right. And there's that whole quandary where the Prime Directive is supposed to be beyond even regular morality, which is what makes this one very interesting, where it's a different culture's reality and morality matching with your own and uh, a sort of an interesting way of looking at it. I think a comparison for me is like how we treat sort of chickens. I know it's a weird thing to say and we don't <laughs> honor chickens like we honor, they honor Tosk, I guess, but we've bred chickens to a point where they couldn't survive in the wild. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we've created them and we have to at least honor them as food, in my opinion, or re-engineer them if we ever were to stop eating them as food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. The Tosks were born and bred for this sole purpose to eliminate from them would make them a much more sad life than uh, letting them be free, in a sense. Peter, what do you think of this episode? No, I'm 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 with Sarah. I I I definitely enjoyed it, and I and I think I said it earlier. Like 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 this might this might end up being uh, one one of my favorite episodes from from the first season, just because. It, I, 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 th- I think what intrigued me most is that it was, it was, it was, it was really cool to see the, to see, to see, uh, partic- particularly, the interaction be- uh, between Tosk and O'Brien, which, which, which is, which is, kind, which is kind of what led, like, kind of what led the entire, the, the whole, the whole episode, um, with the, uh, with, 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 with O'Brien uh, knowing that. No, knowing that 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 this race that, that came that came through the wormhole, uh, like the, the hunters, after Tosk, uh, knowing um, no, knowing their purpose for being there, but 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 also and also knowing the repercussions of of, of whatever his actions were, what, of, um, when when he decided I'm going to help him, 
I'm, I'm going to help Tosk escape through a technical loophole that I am create that I am creating for the situation because I don't agree. It was it, it was it was it was really cool to see that develop and 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 how he how he was justifying it, saying saying like, well, you know, like well, the hunt to them and to you is like the best thing ever. I'm just making it more interesting to to more interesting to them by extending it, but also but but also saving you for it for at least another day. Right. I, I like the idea of um changing the game, as as Brian said. Uh it was sort of interesting that he kind of picked the best option for everybody. And it was nice also to see the ending, which I really appreciate, which Cisco obviously can't let this slide. But he has a nice little wink moment with him, which is excellent for reason. Well, you could have stopped us at any time. Like, well, and I guess that got bias. Right. <laughs> yeah. And just sort of a look. I can't ever acknowledge that because that would be horribly fucked up. Uh, like, you know, I'd get, we'd all be screwed on this one, Miles. So, you know, take your punishment and understand why you're not fired, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, it was, and, a sh- uh, it was a shared understanding between the two. Exactly. It was a very clever and smart uh, way to do it. Another clever thing I really liked was... Um, it's a good writing thing where, where uh, when he last sees Toss, Toss says, die with honor, Miles O'Brien. And it's one of those things, like, oh, it's such a weird thing to say like, as a human being. But he, you know, he doesn't have to explain it. He understands mm-hmm. right away the way he says it. This is like the best thing you could ever say as a Toss to someone. Like, yes. this is meaningful. And so he gives it just right back to him. I was like, that's so wonderful and classy and simple and perfect. Yeah, I mean, because like Tosk or at least part part of Toss' reason for being was to was to either live another day to be to be hunted or to or to die with or to die honorably at least at least before he was captured and so and and so and, and so knowing that for for Tosk that was kind of the pinnacle of his existence to to for, to have him say that to O'Brien, who had, who, had, who had essentially become his friend, it, like, like you ha- you have to imagine, like, like, even even for just Tosk himself, uh, like, like, like for Tosk himself, like how much that meant to him to to say that to another person, like like, like, like that's that's not something that Tosk would that, that that I imagine that that's not something that that he would say lightly, that he would that he would uh, put lightly, right? Because part of their thing is that the, what I understood is that they're not allowed to tell their situation to anybody right uh, it's like part of the code of science it's like it's sort of dishonorable to explain what you are you cannot seek help from other races so to admit to o'brien that he appreciated his help was definitely something very powerful for sure him. you know he's probably never like talked to another non-tossed probably or anyone else probably for that matter I mean, his whole life like, and that's what i think helped with this like childlike fear and, and sort of questioning and concern you know the whole time it's it's a clever way of doing it you know you start off going oh, okay is he on the run is he a criminal and it's you rewatch the episode and you don't think oh that doesn't make any sense like his motivation is also very clear what do you think of uh cole meanie's performance uh in this episode he kind of gets this he's always been sort of a background character in tng never as far as i know got too many main episodes this sort of feels like the first main episode he's kind of really gotten do you think of his uh his role against Tosk? 
Yeah, I thought he did very well. I was quite impressed with him. As you say, we don't really get the chance to see him as a main character mm -hmm. in Next Gen, which is what the three of us probably know him the best from. Yeah. But he um, he really got to shine in this episode, and uh, he did a great job. We all you know, felt sympathy for him when he was trying to solve this dilemma of do I honor the Prime Directive or do I save my new friend? And we all got to cheer him on when he came up with that loophole to get Tosk out of it. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very proud of Colm Meany for, for this episode. I, I agree. She, she's basically, she made Sarah basically said what I was going to say. So <laughs> so my answer to that is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I really like the makeup on the Tosk. I do, too. That yeah, was, was very well done. The, and the, the hunters, and the hunters too. No, they were excellent as well. Um, the guy who did it, uh, Michael Westmore, won an Emmy for this episode, which I'm glad to see. I think is well deserved. And if you've ever watched Face Off, yes, I highly yes. recommend. Love that show. Westmore is the guy, the older gentleman who's uh, oh, the father right. of the host, who yep, yep. you know gives everyone advice. Yeah, he's awesome. He does mm -hmm. good shit. He's a, pretty much a genius. So uh, I'm glad he's involved with the show because. Man, this is really, really impressive makeup for something you know has a lot less budget than, say, uh, you know, Star Trek Beyond, obviously. Not to slag on Star Trek Beyond, it looks gorgeous. And also like, using yeah. using um, makeup techniques from, what, 13 years ago? Right. Right, right. I was impressed that uh, it didn't seem to be much like wrinklage in this, his suit, you know what I mean? Like, it's something you often see in like, those rubber mask and they showed a lot of his like body and everything too it was, mm -hmm. it's a, a lot of work and it takes a lot of, I also got to give Scott McDonald who played Toss credit because it takes a lot to express yourself through that character I feel like it's a very different kind of character mm -hmm. especially when we were behind all that makeup and I thought he was very well no, no, yeah. Speak, speak, like, um, speaking of the of, of the of the makeup, like, and 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 how much we were impressed by by by, by Tosk and the Hunters, that like, with 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 the with some of the, and and then also speaking of, uh, and also mentioning uh, Star Trek Beyond, with, with with some with some of the images that that we that we've seen for Beyond uh, over the over the past uh, couple of months, um, uh, with uh, crawl. Uh, Crawl, um, the, the 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 movie's villain, played by played by Idris Elba, of co of course, but the, but the, but then all, but then also some other pictures, like, and 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 know and knowing the history that Star Trek has had with 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 alien races, where where it's not, where it's not just where it's not just going to be like oh make their screen make their skin green or make their skin pink, but like but where it's going to be like actually applying stuff, like it it, it makes, it makes me excited to see. To, to see what kind of other stuff, uh, what what kind of other stuff we get and beyond, like 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 what like what, like what other a created aliens and, and, and makeup uh, will will we have in this film? Yeah, I guess I'm curious about that. Do you guys feel like the Star Trek this and the new series should they go back to old characters? I mean, it's one thing I think is interesting about Deep Space Nine is we we're, our major plot is on characters we know, like Bajorans, Cardassians, and Ferengis. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of new creatures. So in this new series and these new shows, would you like to see more of the newer creations, or do you want to go back to some of those old wells? I like it when they do a bit of both, to be Sorry. honest. Um, I mean, I always love seeing new creatures, you know, seeing 
new alien worlds that are created and, you know, getting new things to sort of, like, fantasize about, like, oh, well, this alien culture is really interesting. Let's learn more about that. For, in for example, in uh, Into Darkness, where they started off... Um, another prime directive issue where they decided to stop that volcano from destroying that colony of um well of aliens essentially mm -hmm. um i love that i thought that was great i love seeing new places that don't even exist in real life but you know some some very clever person has come up with you know a you know a fantasy world and it's it's great it's always great great to see new things but at the same time having grown up watching next generation I, I, you know, I just get geeky and fangirl when I see stuff that they brought back before. Like, as much as I hate the fact that they whitewashed Khan with Benedict Cumberbatch, he did a fantastic job. And as you know, when he said, my name is Khan, I just started, like, jumping up and down in my chair. I was like, this is so cool. I yeah. love that they brought Khan back. This is great. I did the so, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Problematic as it can be, I really do like it when they bring back old stuff. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's, I think, yeah, narratively interesting or creatively done. I mean, sure. Like, the Klingons weren't maybe necessary, but it was also just nice to see, like, oh, like, that's what you can make a Klingon look like with a really good budget. Like, right. It was right. really cool to see. Like, just like, damn. Like, it, like it, it, makes me, it makes me excited to see, like, to see, like, going forward with, with, what, with whatever subsequent films uh they make or or or, or even or even um the uh the, the reboot of, of the tv show that's going to be on cbs all access next year like like if like if if they're going to do more with if, if they're going to do more with the klingons like like, like uh, how 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 are they going to further present them to 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 the to i guess the new to the new generation of star trek fans and and, and then but then also the old but then also the the those who the, those who were uh, fan, fan, fans of the series before, like, how are they going to do that? Right, and uh, I'm very curious. We'll we'll probably have to do a podcast on the new show because very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's my first show that I actually can watch in real time, and so yeah. it's yeah. I think yeah. for a lot of us who were just a little, I was a little too young to watch this show when it was actually airing. So, Me too. And appreciate mm -hmm. it. The only thing that's going to suck about it, though, is is that is that because it because it is on uh, CBS All Access, uh, their online platform, CBS, uh, CBS All Access, is like it, it like it, it has a, it has um like a, a monthly subscription similar similar to like Netflix and like Netflix and like and like like Hulu like Hulu's uh, like Hulu Prime or whatever. So so I mean like that like like at least for me like that's the that's like the main unfortunate thing about it. I mean I don't I don't think it's expensive by by, by, by any means but it's just like oh i'll have to pay yeah right right well that's uh i mean they did that on purpose <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah of course <laughs> they're like yeah it's star trek show is gonna pull in a bunch of nerds you gotta make sure they pay for the stuff mm -hmm. they know us they know us too well that they do but it's a different time yeah when uh this, this show i was just in this episode was watched by 12 million people it's like that's crazy Wow. Those numbers are so insane. Like that was a low show back in the day. This was mm -hmm. a cult show, like, and now it's making numbers like Walking Dead money numbers. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. The landscape has changed completely. And now we're in like, can you imagine even like five years ago saying, "Oh, we're going to premiere a new Star Trek show on the internet," and I'd be like, "Ugh." No, mm -hmm. I could not imagine that. I, I if if I heard that, I would my my first question would be like, "Is this fan made?" Like that would be <laughs> right. Right. That would be my series. First question. 
Does this have ten dollar budget each episode? Are we gonna see a boom mic like dip like dip into the shot accidentally? <laughs> exactly. It's crazy to me that Star Trek can premiere on on the internet now. That's like an okay thing. It's actually probably a better thing in some respects. I would agree. Kind of, kind of, kind of similar to when to, to when Nickelodeon took uh, Legend of Korra off um, primetime on, on their channel and then put the rest of the put the rest of the episodes on, online. It's like, yep, that's pro- this was probably a better thing for for this show with 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 the direction that it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all shows. Don't get me started. So good. <laughs> <laughs> that show's great, and Nickelodeon bummed it all up. Yeah. That's their history. That's their history with Avatar. It really is. Why? Mm. Why? Just because it's not SpongeBob. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I think my own personal hell involves a constant loop of SpongeBob's laugh. Oh, God. Now I'm going to be thinking about that for the next hour. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's that's basically how I imagine hell. You know, other terrible stuff can be happening, but that's all I can hear is that laugh. That's actually pretty scary. I, yeah. I, I, I have to. I'll have to give that one to you. <laughs> well, one thing before we head out is uh, we we're five episodes in, so now it's time to discuss the nerdier aspects. And we'll start with the bridge, sort of a oh, that's right, bridge. I guess they call it command ops instead of bridge, which makes sense. Um, what do we think of it? It's sort of more angular, got a lot of levels. Kind of reminds me of the Battlestar Galactica. I was going to say that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of everyone on like two planes, you got like people on all kinds of planes. You got interesting shooting locations, mm-hmm. and we get our first turbo lift that actually moves. Right. Because that's not really turbo. I mean, it's <laughs> it goes very slow. slow but it's like, a lift. <laughs> Just a lift, not turbo. We get our first lift that moves. <laughs> we 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 we, we, fi- we finally get a fully visual representation of this thing is actually moving. Right, right. Instead of the colored lights in the background. Right. Works well for the years, but we gotta we gotta mm-hmm. change some things. So, what do you guys think of the uh, manned ops design? I mean, I think it works well for the show because you know part of the reason they wouldn't call it a bridge is because it's it's not on a spaceship; it's on a space station, and so yeah. it just out of necessity, it's going to need to be shaped a little bit differently. And I think the way they designed it does work quite well for for that purpose. And I mean, it's on a space station, so so it's going so it's not gonna serve um, the same the, the same purposes. So so with ha- so with having those different levels and like and like uh, and having that big uh, kind a kind of computer table like 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 D- DS DS nine's version of of of, uh, of like of um, window Windows Surface hmm. uh, essentially. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. Like it 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 works it works for the show and it, and it works for the setting. Like like. To have a bridge wouldn't make sense. Right, uh, I agree. It's nice also that it seems more of a 360 set. Mm-hmm. Really like, yeah. I mean, it, it's not as sort of three walls as, uh, as TNG was. Like, you can kind of tell more in that show that it's very clearly like three camera setup so we can go faster than shooting these things. Um, but this one kind of has more of a energy to it and kind of a nice design. The only thing is like, why does it take till the Abrams one to have windows? Why is it all... I get the view screen's awesome, but, like, why not windows? Hmm. What's wrong with windows? Man? Just have some windows. <laughs> Just a few windows. That's all I'm saying. Because windows, windows would would, 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 damp, would would take away from the structural integrity. 
I don't know. Not with uh, not with transparent aluminum. We had windows on the Enterprise with transparent aluminum. We can have we can have windows. Oh, oh, it's okay. But we but we saw, but we saw that window almost break in two thousand nine Star Trek when they, when they almost went through that black hole. So like, do we really want that? Mm, I don't know. That's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe they shouldn't build the two thousand one nine out of glass. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, so I think that's uh, that's it for uh, Babel and Captive Pursuit. So next time we'll be discussing uh, Hugh Less, uh, obviously from the title, and the certain characters coming back. Yeah, very excited and, for that one. Yes, we all love and all love uh, Dex, which uh, I'm assuming will be a whole episode about Odo. Hmm. Uh, obviously. So no, it's clearly going to be about Jake. It's clearly going to be about Jake. It'll be a Jake only episode, obviously. So, yes, I guess we'll uh, learn a little bit more about where Q's at and where Jack's, Dax's life is at. So, we will discuss those next time on Geek Space 9. In the meantime, please like and review us on iTunes. I'm going to start doing that spiel, but it means a lot. There's a, we're not the only Star Trek podcast out there, obviously. And obviously, the more you rate and review us, the more we appreciate it, the more it helps good people find us and meet our fellow nerds out there who want to hear about people talking about Deep Space Nine. Just can never get enough. So we love you people and we'd love to hear from you. So please like and rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on any podcatcher of your choice. And uh, be sure we'll, in the coming weeks we'll talk about our sort of overall website. And be on the lookout for that. We'll talk more about that. That's ready. So yes, we'll talk to you next time. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.